Hey team, welcome back to the show. Today, Coach Andrea and I are back with another Q&A. Andrea, fill us in on your week. Anything new going on? My week has been good. Um, I had another reduction in calories starting this week. So we talked last week about like I did have a drop from the week before, but then every day after that, it was just like the exact same to the point zero every single day. Um, so he said like, just looks like we basically established a baseline. Um, so kind of like dropping some glycogen and then from there just held. So, um, I'm actually surprised that we dropped it down again. It's been interesting to see, um, just how aggressive he is on, on the, um, cut side of things just because I wasn't expecting it. I think it's almost like, I feel like we've worked on, um, like the, all the labs and functional issues for this whole time. And I almost feel like fragile. <laughs> and so it's, yeah. all, it's like nice to be able to be a little bit more aggressive in the deficit and not have to like worry about babying it or anything like that. So, um, yeah, that, that was interesting. Um, training is the exact same, nothing changed there. And, um, other than that, not a whole lot going on. We did, we finally went and saw air, um, at the movie theater. Have you seen previews for that? I I have seen previews. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really good. Um, we haven't been to a movie. I think the last time we went to a movie was for Nolan's birthday, like four years ago or more. (laughs) Um, it's just not something we really do that much anymore. (laughs) And, uh, we just really wanted to see that one and it was, it was really good. It's worth going to see. Okay. Okay. That's like about Jordan's, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll have to honestly it didn't look like that appealing to me, but maybe it's just for me. Like I I've read shoe dog by Phil Knight, the, yeah. the owner of Nike. It was, it was really interesting. And so I kind of like have that perspective on things. And then I was just like the biggest Michael Jordan fan, yeah. And so it maybe just for me is more interesting. <laughs> okay. That's, I've never been like that into like Jordan's Nike or basketball. So like same thing with shoe dog. Like, I've heard so many people say it's just such a good book. And I just, for some reason, just doesn't seem to appealing to me at all, but um, I will have to listen to that. Probably won't see the movie, but that's also crazy <laughs> that you guys haven't been in the movies in four years. So with yeah. your training, you're still at like three or four RIR. Yeah. And, and it sounds like that's going to stay that way for a while. Um, I asked him a few weeks back, like, what's the path look like to training a little bit harder. And, um, basically just like, there's no reason to until I'm not in a health phase or a deficit because right now we're just focusing on, on preserving muscle. And basically like, there's no reason to beat yourself up with training if you're not in a place to recover well and build. Yeah. I think that's, And I also think that's very important. Like the listener, the context of that is so important because especially if you're like a beginner or very few people, I think are as advanced as they think they are. Like, I think it would be easy in a deficit to like, I'm just not going to train very hard. And the reality is like, first we are, were you truly training hard enough before? Because if it's like Mm -hmm. already, like we don't have a ton of tissue, maybe we struggle with training intensity. Um, or again, like, you don't, maybe you might not feel like that, but when you start working with a coach, you realize like, Hey, it's not where it needed to be. Then if we are like pulling that back further, then we're in a position where like, Hey, we're more likely to lose tissue or again, like you might still be in a position where you can build. So I think also like the context of where you're at, where like training hard for you definitely isn't a problem. You've built a lot of muscle, like you're 
not someone who is going to be in a position where you're like adding a bunch of tissue, probably not adding any muscle when you're dieting. Like, I think the context of that is also so important. Yeah. And I'll still, for most of my clients program, pretty close to failure, even in a deficit, just Mm -hmm. depending on the person. But for the most part, um, especially if they're not someone that I'm worried about, like going overboard with their sets, then I'm still going to program like zero to one RIR on quite a few um, exercises and not really worry that that's going to put them in a worse place. Yeah. Yeah. For me, especially for a newer client, I definitely will still program a lot of work very close to failure. I'll program quite a bit to failure. And it's more so going to be like, A, how experienced is the client? Like if that's someone I know is very good at pushing hard, I know they have a lot of muscles, so they're not as likely to build in the deficit. B, how lean are they? The leaner we get again, the fewer, and this is this is more so, this isn't like someone going from like an unhealthy level of body fat to a healthy level of body fat, but you know, somebody going from like already a healthy level of lean that's like trying to get peeled. The leaner we get, the harder it's going to be able to recover from that training, but also understanding there's just going to be a point in that where it's just a grind and we feel like shit and we just have to kind of be willing to push through it because we still need a sufficient amount of work to maintain that muscle tissue that we built. Then also how aggressively are we dieting? And again, that's, that's, that's also like kind of intertwined with how lean that person is, because if we're like pushing calories pretty hard, but like where their biofeedback is. Um, because if we're pushing calories pretty hard, but they're just not like very lean and we may still have, and it's like someone is more of a beginner. We may still have a lot of more room to push. So, I mean, basically I think like newer clients who are like newer to proper hypertrophy training, I think like, regardless, the way you program doesn't really change that much, right? Be it like in a deficit mm-hmm. or like, Hey, we're at maintenance. Um, it's going to look pretty similar as we're just like focusing on like, Hey, actually getting to the point where you understand like what failure looks like. Whereas for more advanced clients who have a lot more muscle, then I think it's like, then we're manipulating a lot more of those variables. Yeah. And a lot of times beginners, like you can just see in the, like looking at a set for a beginner, like they're just not, they're not doing that much damage. Like even if they're going to failure, it's more just like the, the burn has been so bad that they're putting the weight down. It's not like they're contracting hard enough to really cause a ton of fatigue or anything like that long-term. Yeah. And I think that like almost like instilling, like you said, like feeling like you're fragile from all of the work you've done in the health phase. I think also like instilling that like, Hey, we want to be careful. We don't train too hard. Like, I think that's typically not a productive mindset. Yeah. I think it is more so like there are people who will always think they don't train hard enough. And those are typically the people that you need to pull back a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. But it um that's more so my experience. Okay. So what are your calories at now then? Uh around seventeen hundred on training days and sixteen hundred on rest days. Okay. Like okay, just cool. just over those two. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to see how you how you guys move. Um I, I agree. I, I agree though. I feel like it's so easy if you're just like tiptoeing down and macros every week to just like, hey, we've spent three weeks, we spent a month in like what's felt like a deficit. And we're still just not seeing any progress. I almost always am of the mindset of I would rather be more aggressive and we can add calories back in if we see losing too quickly versus like we wasted like three, four or five weeks here just like trying to get to the point where you actually start losing. Yeah, for sure. And um, Austin, and I know that he has talked about before just like he himself has um, 
gone through the same sort of health phase that I have with like the adrenal stuff. And I, I know that in his cut, he still has to get really aggressive. Like I think he's spent some time in like the 13, 1400 calorie range toward the end, which he's getting ready for shows. So like, that's a whole different level of needing to get really low calorie, but, um, and then on the flip side has to get up and like somewhere around like 6,000 calories to build. So that sounds terrible. It's just like (laughs) so adaptive. Um, so I, I think that probably his perspective on that is shifted a little bit by what his own experience is. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's understandable, but a great person to guide you through that. Cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, from my end, yeah, things have been pretty similar. I think we talked about last week, I was feeling a little bit rough. Um, when checked in with Brandon and it kind of worked through some mind things on my end as far as like how I'm approaching my building phase, which was a super helpful conversation. And basically I had just like been telling myself like I'm too busy, I'm not getting enough sleep, like my stress is super high right now. So like I am okay with like knowing that my progress won't be as quick. And like just because like the business is more of a priority and like my relationships are more of a priority. But then like working through that, it was very helpful for me to see like Hey, I still have room to like I'm wasting, like I like checking in on the amount of time I spend on Instagram, right? Like so I posted about that the other day. But like if as far as like saying you don't have enough time to track your food, if you like check how much time you spend on Instagram. But same same thing for me, like when I was like I looked that's like what sparked that is like I went and looked at that. I was like, damn, like how am I gonna say I can't do like both of these things extremely well? when I can like look at, look at this and like all these other areas where I could still be so much more efficient. So it was, it was interesting to like, I can like still see like, Hey, with my stress, there are so many like things with my stress management that like, I know I could be doing better that I just haven't been doing. Right. So like, I'm just, I think it's easy to be like, Oh my gosh, like I'm so stressed. I have so much on my plate right now. But it's like, again, like from my end, it was like, well, I've kind of been choosing to put myself in a situation where like that's higher than it needs to be or same thing with like sleep. And I know I talked about like Katie having poor sleep and like an ego keeps waking us up super early and like, well, that may be out of my control. Also, like it's been like, Hey, we've been like watching uh, whatever show we're watching like a little bit later than we normally would. Right. Where I could be getting to bed earlier. So it was super helpful for me to like, I feel like I was kind of like playing the victim to all of that almost when it was like, I really have a lot more control of all, over all of this and I could still be doing this better and it doesn't have to be because we had talked about this like transitioning to a maintenance phase and I decided like, just once I like had thought through that and worked through that, I was like, no, like I think that I can definitely do better. And so then this week is, this week has been great. I feel like just like this kind of been a refreshing mindset. So like training, I'm my chest and biceps are so sore all the time now since we've added in length and partials, especially. Um, but we thought we were going to have the deload actually starting as of Wednesday, everything like my week starts on Wednesday because I check in with him on Wednesday and it's always pretty reactive as far as like, um, deloads are never like pre-planned. It's always like, mm-hmm. how are we feeling? And then we'll adjust it based off of that. We thought we were going to have to start the deload as of yesterday. We're recording this on Thursday, but actually pushing that back another week. So um yeah and i'm feeling better in that regard um i'm I'm excited for the mini cut still i can tell and i again i think it's partially a product of like specifically sleep over the last three weeks but it's been interesting to see like the end of last mezzo the pumps i was getting were just crazy like the best i had had in a very very long time that hasn't quite been there um 
this time around. And again, I think it was largely just a product of the sleep as much as anything else. Um, but as a whole, still happy with how things are going. And again, I feel like it's just, it was just helpful to like work through all of that <clears throat> and interesting to kind of be like more in the client perspective, because I feel like I, as coaches, it's like, I feel like we see those things and like talk through like those exact same situations so many times with people that it's weird to like take a moment to be reflective. And it's like, Oh shit, that's the exact same thing I talked to so many clients about. So, um, that was a very helpful conversation and really like it's, it was just helpful for me to like see and identify like, and it wasn't like Brandon like challenged me on it. I'm glad he wasn't just like, yeah, cool. Let's go to maintenance. But at the same time, he wasn't like, no, you have to do this or like you can do better. It's just like, Hey, just take some time to think about this. And the, that, that though for me was very helpful because I think there's like a, I think the default a lot of times in like a situation like that is like, I just need to give myself grace. And I like, I just, for a, I, I don't know if it's typically my default, but like, it's something I talk through a lot of times with clients. And I think it's hard to know is like, do I really need to take it easier on myself? Or do I actually just need to set a higher standard for myself? And I actually could do both of these things extremely well. It's just like I have to operate differently, like in the day to day. And I, I don't know. Though it was helpful for me to work through all of that. But that's all yeah, I have for my week. Something that I have worked through with some clients on that is like from a time perspective, how much more time does this actually take? So like you're eating more food, but for the most part, it's going to be higher volume of similar foods. So like right. instead of cooking hundred grams of rice, you're cooking 200 grams, but like that takes the same amount of time eating. It might take an extra five minutes or so, but like how much extra time does it take to put your intention into a training session versus go through the motions like zero extra time? <laughs> the the rest periods are the same. The working periods are the same. It's just like how hard you're working in each and how much attention you're paying to it versus not. So like from a time perspective, a lot of that is pretty similar. It's just like the, the, I guess the mental energy that you want to put into it. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing. Even like my, my training sessions, I was feeling like they were just like, uh, um, kind of rushed to like, I need to get back to work or like yeah. I, so, and like, that's similarly, like that was on me where, so now I like blocked out. So I know for like the next indefinite period of time, like I have these recurring time blocks where I know for sure I'll have plenty of time to train. I won't have like calls in the middle of that and I can be focused. And like, I got bought this app that like will block it's an app called opal actually that'll block out for like when i want to be able to do like my nighttime routines and like to make sure in the mornings when i'm training i literally just like can't access social media or email or anything like that so that was it was helpful but um i will stop on that tangent <laughs> anything else from you before we get to the questions no okay cool all right first one that i have for you how do you know if you're recovering from your training well so one of the biggest ones here is going to be your training performance in the next session. So if you're recovering well, you should be able to, assuming all of the other variables are also dialed in, like your sleep and your nutrition, then you should be able to have good performance in the next session. Um, soreness is another big one. So uh, like say you're, you're training legs twice a week and that's on Tuesdays and Fridays. And after your Tuesday leg session, you're just wrecked and you're still sore going into Friday. That might be an indication that you're not fully recovered. Some, a little bit of soreness, especially at the beginning of a mesocycle or with a new movement can be normal, but two or three weeks into that mesocycle, repeating that same movement, um, you shouldn't have 
debilitating soreness going into the next leg session. So, um, again, just like making sure all of the other things are on point too. Like that's the caveat with all of these is make sure that your nutrition is on point. You're hydrated. Um, you're getting enough like sodium, potassium, and all of those things are, are where they should be. But beyond that, like you shouldn't have all that crazy soreness going into the next one. Um, another one that I'll say there is, uh, you should have pretty good like pump and disruption on your movements if that's standard for you. So like if it's a new movement, it might not be there. Um, if it's historically just a poor movement for you, it might never be there. But if, um, that's something that it, like you typically have very high rated pump and disruption on a movement, and then that declines, you might not be recovering well. So just like you mentioned before that your pump hasn't been quite as good, but your sleep hasn't been good. So that's probably why you're not recovering quite as well and and getting that good pump in your training sessions. Um, do you have anything to add there? Yeah, I think that's a great, like, it's so multifactorial where like you said, like, even it might not be, are you recovering well from the training might not even be the thing that's like training is part of it, but it might be like, Hey, are you recovering well from like the rest of your life also? You know what I mean? Like, like, as you said, like, sleep is higher or sleep is in a worse place. If stress is higher, still we have like this systemic wow. fatigue and that really ties into, I, that's a big wow. part of too. Like I think pump and disruption are for more like advanced clients, a great metric for us to look at because a lot of times, like when we're in a place where like fatigue is high, because again, like our like systemic fatigue is high from like stress or uh poor sleep or things like that then systemic fatigue will be the thing that like within your sets of training will cause you to fail or stop the set. Whereas ideally that would be local fatigue, right? So rather than it being like, again, like tension in my quads, it's just like this, which would be local fatigue. It's the systemic fatigue, which can, uh, can kind of be a result of the stress and like things we've been experiencing outside of that. Then that in itself can be an issue. So again, like, as you said, like, I think that like getting a good pump, a good disruption is a great sign that you're recovering well from your previous sessions. Um, if we're sore for longer than two days, for most things, probably a sign that we may have either slightly overdone it with volume or we might not be eating enough food. Um, I think that's that's the thing to understand as well as like, it's not just like the nutrition, but also like how much volume are we doing? Are we potentially doing too much within our training? Um, but also understand like if we're introducing new movements, so like if you did a new movement, novelty will create more soreness. And then even like things where we're really stretching the muscle under a large amount of load. So like a Romanian deadlift, right. Or like a stiff legged deadlift. Those will typically just jack your hamstrings out for a long period of time. But generally like, I think if we're consistently sore for longer than two days. Um, we could probably look at are we under eating or are we doing too much volume again let's there's a lot of variables there and like are just sleep stress things of that nature in place as well um but yeah i think those are all pretty good metrics to look at and then like where's your motivation to train is another big one outside of like there will just be times where we're not as motivated to train there will also be like times where just life stress is going to be higher and you won't feel as excited to train. And that's just going to be part of it. And again, we can't just like, okay, well, I'm just going to stop training for this month because I don't feel motivated or whatever. But I think when we can kind of look at all of those as a cohesive picture, even similarly, like towards the end of people will typically start to see like it manifest as other physical symptoms when like they may need to take a deload first. So we'll typically see like 
maybe your sleep will be di- maybe your sleep will di- be disrupted right more consistently or like maybe you'll have more loose stool or um i know we were talking about in the slack uh one of natalie's clients who like tends to break out whenever which is going to be a symptom of sometimes like a your body being under a lot of stress um when she needs to do those so there's a lot of things we could look at there um anything else to add on that one no cool what do you got for me next question how much weight do you aim to put on overall in a build phase yeah there's not going to be a hard like when it comes to there's not going to be like hey we only want to gain 10 pounds or 15 pounds um it's going to be very dependent on where you're starting at um typically in a building phase once we get past about and these aren't these aren't set in stone it's going to be individual so we also want to again look at things like um are you continuing to get a good pump do you feel like you're pretty sluggish after your meals or are you still like digesting your meals well um but typically like in a building phase the upper limit of like how much do we want to gain before we might go back into fat loss phase generally like above about 18 to 20 percent for men somewhere around 26 to maybe even up to like two and again like please don't get too attached to these numbers these are very like vague guidelines um like 26 to 28 percent for women typically like metabolic health may start to suffer a bit like once you put body fat past that push body fat past that point um so like from a and similarly nutrient partitioning like the amount of calories that we partition to muscle versus fat cells um will probably start to worsen so the build will just just be less productive like from a body fat perspective standpoint there is going to be an upper limit to as far as like how high we want to push but again that'll look pretty different for most everyone um and i'll say very few people will actually push to the point where it's like hey okay like from a body fat perspective, we just shouldn't keep gaining, right? I don't, there's hardly anyone where it actually comes down to that. Um, typically, we're going to look for something like 0.2 to 0.4% of body weight gain per week and then extrapolate that across the course of, but understand that it's not going to be linear every week. So rather like look at over the course of the month, hey, are we more or less in alignment with this rate of gain? Now that said, like what I'll say is with a lot of, which most of our clients are women. So for most women, I don't push weight. I don't push the rate of gain quite as hard even then. Like I have some clients, like my client Kim, for example, um, we took her through like a nine month gluten del specialization phase recently. And the scale was increasing pretty slow. It was actually even below that, like 0.2% of body weight gained per week. But um she's a more advanced trainee already had a good amount of muscle but we were just seeing like her training performance was consistently in a great place her strength was consistently increasing um for her like her glute measurements were consistently trending up very nicely just weight we just wasn't moving very much at all but she was staying lean like she was feeling great she was healthy training performance was good and it was a situation where i was so confident that she was building muscle so i was okay with us like not seeing that weight increase quite as much and um I made a post about her, her building phase a while back. Now that's once if it's someone where it's like a, I'm not extremely confident that we're productively building, then I will push along way a little bit quicker and just make sure we're at least falling within that range. Um, but yeah, it really, it's going to be about again, like 0.2 to 0.4% of body weight per week on average. Most people I'm going to air towards the lower end of that range. 
um unless you have the ability to just add muscle very very quickly so basically you're going to be new to proper hypertrophy training i'd say for most people like typically we'll skein about five ish percent of overall body weight i would say is a pretty good average before we get to the point where like hey it's typically been because i'll say for most people what it equates to is something like probably something like one to two pounds per month right so typically so let's say realistically across the course of the gaining phase for most people it's going to look which is typically going to be like eight to ten months it's going to look something like hey maybe we gain somewhere between eight and 16 pounds just to speak in generalities and then typically by that point it's hey we're feeling fluffier we know we've put that put together a productive build let's like uncover what we've built here what do you think on all that I agree with everything there. Um, and the, the rate of gain, I will talk through those with clients, but then I'll also not, that's not my primary concern. Like I, like you said, I'm looking at, yeah, it is, are they PRing on lifts, especially on any body parts that they want to focus on heavily? Um, is weight not just going down? (laughs) That's important. Are they, full from their food. Like they're not having a lot of hunger. Those are kind of the primary things. And then I just don't want weight going up too quickly and I don't want weight going down. Other than that, I just kind of like let it fall where it does. Um, and then like you said, the, the thing that ends up stopping us is typically going to be like life circumstances. Like, Hey, I, I wanted to build for this, like eight months. And then I have a vacation coming up that I want to get lean for, or just with the calendar year, a lot of people, um, like to build through like late summer through spring and then get lean for the summer, which tends to work out really well, as long as they're starting early enough to get at least six months. I I'll always tell people I want at least six months and really like the longer, the better. If you really want to put on a lot of muscle and you can commit to one summer of not being your leanest, then we can build for like 12 to 18 months and really put on a ton of muscle and then get lean after that. And you're going to be a completely changed person. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like you have so many clients where is it, are those leaf blowers? Can you hear those? I can't hear them. Okay, good. Um, you, you feel like you have a lot of clients who you have been in that process for like a year and now all that's really coming to fruition. And then I know their fat yeah. loss phases are going extremely well, which is cool to see, but I agree. I think like the more, and this very well may change again in the future, but like the more I've coached people, the less I'm focused on the rate of gain and the more I'm focused on all those other variables, like your biofeedback and what we're seeing in the logbook and the physical changes we're seeing. Now that said, like also there will be some clients. I know I'm definitely like this. We're in a building phase. You don't actually look more jacked. You just like fill out your clothes a little bit more and you just look fluffier and honestly just like look a little bit worse that's typically the experience for me um and again like a lot of clients that i work with so again like don't take that like but we have to look at all those variables but really like if the logbook is consistently progressing if we're getting a good pump we're getting a good disruption and weight should still be slowly trending up but if we have those things in place biofeedback is consistently good we're probably building productively yeah cool is it logical to spread your weekly volume over all seven days of the week so I I've never done this personally and I've never had anyone else do it. So I'm just going to speak out of like theoretical, like things that I've heard and stuff like that. But I mean, I know that 
some people didn't mental Hinselman's do this or does this. Yeah. That was the one person that came to mind. Okay. And he seems to like that. I just, I, I think Minnow just likes to do everything different than everyone yeah. else is doing it. Yeah, I think so. So you have to think about your your volume, intensity, and frequency on a sliding scale. So if one of those goes up, like if frequency in this case is going up, then volume and intensity have to come down because you can't just smash yourself in your training every single day with full volume like you would for four days a week um, and apply that to seven days a week. So understand if you are wanting to try this, then the sessions are going to probably be quite a bit shorter. Um, you won't push quite as hard and you'll be doing less sets per day. So, um, if you handle that really well, I'm sure it can be done, but I just don't see why (laughs) I just think that you can get just an effective as an effective workout in four days per week, or maybe five days per week, um, and have those two days to completely, rest and maybe do something else with that time, maybe go for a walk or do anything else that you want and, um, get just as good of progress. And I just can't imagine not feeling exhausted with that. Um, I mean, like I said, you have to do a really good job of just throttling down your volume and intensity, but, um, I guess theoretically it can be done. (laughs) Yeah. I think that I don't think it makes sense. Um, I don't want to debate Minnow on that, but I don't think that it makes <laughs> sense for most people. Uh, even just going, as you said, I think you have to be very, very dialed in with like how well you're recovering and very have a very good understanding of that. And the programming you're, you're following would have to be very intelligent. But also just going to the gym, getting yourself in like that sympathetic state to do a set, like that's like volume aside even if you're doing the same amount of volume, you are still like putting your body under more stress just from like having to amp yourself up going into the gym seven days a week versus four days a week. Right. So I still think it would be harder to recover from. It just like, I have yet to see a situation where that makes sense. Even like I had one client who started with me and he was training six days a week um, because he wanted his sessions to be shorter. um, And he like preferred that. And even in his case, I was like, all right, so we started him out of six days a week. And then it was like, all right, so just give me two weeks here. I want to actually pull you back to four days a week. We're going to still be able to do the same amount of work. Um, it's just going to be like maybe 10 minutes longer, 10 to 15 minutes longer per session. Initially, he was like super hesitant. And now it's like, oh man, I love this. This is so much better. And it's still, <laughs> so I, I have yet to see a situation where that makes sense. Do you have anything else to add yeah. there? I, I, could see maybe just wanting to go into the gym and maybe do like walking, stretching, mobility, abs, maybe arms, those kind of things where it's really not taxing at all. But then also I would look at why you feel like you have to be there seven days a week. Like that yeah. just might be like a a thing where you're, you're feeling like you have to do that in order to make progress, which definitely isn't the case. I think like success leaves clues too. like how many, and I'm not sure what this individual's goals are, but how many people who are like, have built a ton of muscle, do you know, train seven days a week? We thought of like, out of everyone that we like are associated with a follow, we could think of one example there. Mm-hmm. I don't know hardly anyone who trains even six days a week, you know? Right. Well, cool. What do you have next? Um, okay. So I'm in a cut and just added twice a week cardio and enjoy it. I love it and want to keep them in after the cut. 
also to improve cardio health. But I may, am I making it more difficult for my next cut since I then have less room to add more cardio later in the cut? Mm, no, I don't think so. Basically, there what you'll see. I mean, I don't think it'll be like a huge difference by any means. Basically, what you'll see there is also, yes, your body will get more, your body will adapt over time. So you won't burn as many calories with that twice per week cardio as you would currently. But at the same time, like when you go back to maintenance, your maintenance intake will also be slightly higher than it would otherwise. So, I mean, probably what you'll see is like more or less, it'll be pretty like, that's kind of your new baseline. Like you can diet on slightly higher calories, like going into your next diet than you're able to on this diet. You'll also be able to maintain a slightly higher calories than you were previously. I personally know, I don't think it'll be a big deal unless you really use like cardio as a main driver. I, I wouldn't be concerned about it. What do you think on that? That you ticked off every single thing that I was I had in my head for an answer. So yeah, I, I fully agree. Your baseline will just be that now, and you'll have a higher maintenance calorie intake. And then when you go from let's say two cardio sessions a week to four, is going to be the same as previously going from zero to two. Like you're just increasing, ramping up your calorie burn by that much. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I don't I don't see it as a problem at all. And it could probably is a really good addition if it's keeping you healthier. Yeah, no, I agree. And like with that, realistically, again, like your body will I wish I think a large part of what she's referring to here is like over time as we do cardio, our body will get used to it and we'll burn yeah. fewer calories from it. But you'll still be there will still be a threshold amount of calories you'll be consistently burning with that movement. And realistically, like I think what you'll see is rather than like because like given where she's at right now her adding in cardio is going to be like lead to an increased calorie burn. So like in the future, if you were to just like drop down to where your calories were right now, like in your next fat loss phase, but you still have this amount of cardio going, then you'll just see you like you were losing quicker than you were last time as well. So I, yeah, I don't think that it's, I think it'll feel pretty similar to where you're at right now, but I also don't think it'll yeah. be a situation where like, Oh my gosh, I like screwed myself doing that. And now I have to do seven days a week of cardio to get yeah. to like see progress. Somebody we were talking to, it had to be, I think it was either John Gorman or Jason Theobald uh, said that they'll, if they have it in an off season, two weeks out, they'll just drop it all out so that then you're responsive again to it whenever they add it back in. That's so, yeah, um, I would think that that would just reduce your total daily energy expenditure. And so then you then have to <laughs> reduce your calories to then maintain and so when you add it back in, you're basically just back where you started. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's how they do it. And whoever it was, I mean, they both get great results with their people. So, I mean, there's some rationale to that. If that's something that you're really worried about, just like yeah. being completely adapted to it. And I also think like in that short of a period of time, especially if it was like, Hey, I'm going to do like a two week maintenance phase as a transition into a file loss phase. Um, I don't think that even like with the reduction in energy expenditure over that short of a period of time, as long as you were like keeping calories reasonable and maybe, Hey, pull them back like hundred to 200, depending on how much cardio you're doing per day. I would even not pull it back at all just for yeah. two weeks. Yeah. I don't think and that's like the, if you really wanted to like make sure pulling it back slightly, but I agree, like I would probably take at least a week to just like see what happened and you probably wouldn't see anything change, which is two days a week of cardio. So I guess there, there could be merit to that. That's not something that I've ever thought of, but interesting. Cool. Anything else to add there? 
No, I don't think so. Did we have any other questions? Uh, uh, dogs are doing good. <laughs> I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to bore everybody with dog updates. Um, shout out to Meredith. We did, did, did get a dog question and ego is doing great. Um, <laughs> your dog's doing well. Yeah. He got cleared to move more, but then he's limping today. So I got to email the vet after this and see why that would happen. Got to get him so, a cyborg But otherwise leg. he's good. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, that is what we have for y'all for this time. As always, thank you for listening. And um, if you enjoy the show, do us a huge favor, leave us a five-star rating and review. If you want to apply to work with our team one-on-one, there is a link in the show notes. Just click that. Um, I will reach out, get a call set up. We'll, no pressure, no strings attached. We'll just work through your goals. And then from there, if you're a good fit to work with our team, we'll talk through the next steps. But we will catch you all next time.